Yeah. Pandita, who is a Buddhist scholar, he might learn a lot, he might know a lot of the teachings, but only understands the meaning. That person does not understand the true essence of the teaching, just the meaning of the words alone. Therefore, his or her confusion or delusion remains intact. So, if you want to reach the fruition of the teachings of the Buddha, then uh, in that case, then you need to go through these three stages of receiving the teachings, <coughs> reflecting, and meditating. There is a proper way of hearing the teachings and uh, these are in the Tibetan tradition. You have probably heard about them. I'm sure you have. Then they are, um, they are they put as an example with a vessel in which you have to pour some food or some drink. So there are three defects basically that affect the proper way of listening to the teaching. One is to be like a vessel which is upside down and to be like a vessel which has a hole in the bottom or to be like a dirty or vessel that contains poison. So uh, to hear the teachings that in, in a way that is similar to these conditions of the vessel would be an improper way and would not yield the, the right results. If when you are hearing or listening to the teachings, you have uh, your five senses and also well the sixth sense, which is the sense of the mind, which are not attentive because the mind is very distracted, then you might hear the words, but you're not understanding what is being said. So that would be equivalent to having that vessel, that cup, upside down, turned upside down. Nothing can go into it. Mm-hmm. 
Pavatang, Tematang, Tini, the Rukangata, Akila, Gadine was in the So when you listen to the teachings, then uh, you are paying attention with your eyes, you are also paying attention with your ears, because naturally words are being spoken which are heard by the ears. And uh, as to the other three senses, like smell and taste and touch, they do not really intervene very much when listening to the teachings, but obstacles may interfere through these three senses, as for instance if there is a very strong smell, you might be distracted by the smell, so that would become an obstacle. If you are wearing uh, clothes which are too warm or too cold, or clothes that uh, do not warm you enough and you feel cold, this would also distract you. And uh, But basically, the main senses that have to do with listening to the teachings properly are the eyes and also the ears and the sixth sense of the mind, which should not be distracted thinking about thoughts of the past or anticipating the future by thinking about what's going to happen and also filling up the mind with all kinds of thoughts. The mind should be paying attention to the words that are being heard by the ears and the eyes also paying attention to what they see. And the other three senses, we should try to prevent that any obstacles arising from the three senses cut that flow of attention. But I'm not so sure here in England, but I just come from San Francisco area, so they have a lot of problem with uh, smell, allergy, and certain things you cannot put in meditation rooms. You must make a flow exactly like that kind of flow, otherwise I cannot come for the retreat. You should not, many warnings, you should not burn Tibetan thick incense, maybe thin is okay, because it's allergy to me, and you know, everything has so much like this and that. So I'm not sure, maybe here, maybe we have this less obstacle. Maybe more, I'm not sure, but I hope, <laughs> I hope it will be less. Of course, there is some effect, but it goes over the age, and it becomes kind of mental, you know, formation, forms that, you know, you, every, you start to blame on every single thing, of every single object of your phenomena. So that is a little bit too much. But of course, it's obviously, it's so bad smell constantly while you're listening, while you're listening, teaching, that we need to change. Then you wear too warm clothes, too comfortable, and you're sort of pushed under the clothes that more or less your mind is gone, too comfortable or sleepy. Too cold, constantly you need to think about the clothes, rather than, you know, watching the, listening the teaching. I think this is easy. The main thing is, I think you have to open your eyes when you listen to teaching also. Because uh, especially Dzogchen teaching is transmitting by... I'm not talking about myself because I'm not that capable to do it. But in the original Dzogchen style, I mean, in the traditional um, way of uh, transmitting the teachings of Dzogchen, then there are what is called the three types of transmission. One is the transmission of uh, what is called the Dharmakaya, or the body of enlightenment, the body of truth, which is by the wisdom mind of the 
of the Buddha. That would be like a mind-to-mind transmission. Then the second one is the symbolic transmission of the Vidyadharas, which are the knowledge holders, the realized beings. And the third one is like the oral transmissions, which is done through words. So when uh, teachings are said, there are many things that have to do with what one sees. Therefore, it's important to keep the eyes open. The first type of transmission, which is through the wisdom mind of the Dharmakaya, then that is done, or it happens, when the teacher has a realization and also has the power to transmit to the disciple the wisdom. The disciple and the teacher just rest in samadhi, in meditation, there is no sign involved, there is no gesture, and uh, nothing else. Just both rest in meditation, and the disciple is able to realize the nature of mind by the force of, um, and power of the, of the teacher. The disciple also must be a qualified disciple in order for this to happen. This will not happen here. <coughs> It, it is mainly because of my fault. I do not know about your qualities, but it's because I, I lack the qualities for this to happen. transmission, that I speak sometime in English, easy one, because we save time. So, the, you know, when I was in, uh, what do you call, Australia, few years ago, I think three years ago, I bought from U.S. by his help, I bought palm pilot, small, because I used very funky address book. <laughs> this author, everything, so he looked at me and sometimes, in order to find somebody's name, takes 10-20 minutes. So, he really annoyed about this, so he told me, why don't you buy a palm pilot? So I said, what, how it look like Pampai? Oh no, you can type, you want anything. But then long time, then I thought I remember the other kind of Pampai. I thought because I don't know how to spell properly. So in future if I need to look, then it takes same amount of time because <laughs> I don't know the spelling properly. Because how you spell, how you pronounce sometimes is different. Then, then, then we talk, then somehow some, something clicked in my mind, oh, I can write my own way of pronunciation of somebody's name. No, no necessarily fixed, fixed, exactly what it calls. So I did my own way, so wonderful. Now I can find it within just, in five seconds I can find somebody's name and all the record, everything, very easy. But one thing is missing in my, my vampire is world time. Watch. So I was looking here and there, I couldn't find. Then I, I was in Australia. My 
where I stay at the house, he says, he, he has exactly the same pile. So I was discussing how wonderful pile, all these things. And what, um, what is missing, all these things. Then he said, no problem, I can help you the whole time. So I thought, maybe I should do some prostration or mandala or something like that. <laughs> he says, no, no need. And I said, oh, shall I bring any cable or something? You know? No, don't worry. And I sit on the table, no, chair, he sit on the chair, then two pump piles, just not so far away, put like that. You know, each other nicely face. I don't know what he prays before I didn't see. They just sit each other, looking each other, exactly the same stillness. After a few seconds, his whole watch, world watch is on my pump pile. But I'm not sure he took my things or not, that I'm not sure. <laughs> Because I didn't ask him, because so, it was so embarrassing, he's helping to me, and I asked to take my things. It's kind of psychologically he won at that time, because he's doing something to me, so I cannot ask. So, really, this I think is a perfect transmi- example of the transmission of the Vijayadara. <laughs> Just sit there, till after a few seconds, transmit it. And Nipati, Dai Jiba Sengita, Dai Sengita, Dai Sengita, Dai Sengita, Dai Sengita, I think main thing here is the Vashambu or, or the, the really the truth of Dharma is the more simple things is I think better for that to realize the absolute Dharma. Because absolute Dharma is very simple, very, very, very simple. But our condition of mind, dualistic mind is very thick. So this thick is in order to understand that the reality is very subtle, very easy, could not catch that way. So this is why a lot of complication method happens. So the me shirapcha kazeinaya, shirapchambutang kazeinaya, ko nilutpe maseva jambo, lelao rangin, yobate, then tapteyang kaze lela nayang, tapte mangwatofona angtabo. When a person has the right intelligence, then because what is being, uh, what is what is to be realized is so simple, is extremely simple, then the the least method applied, the better. So if the person has the right intelligence, then if just by a simple gesture or a simple sign or showing something to the disciple is enough, that is the best. But if that person needs to apply a method, then the lightest or simplest method applied mm. would be the better, because otherwise then the method might bind the person and uh, prevent that person from realizing the absolute truth. So, uh, in that case, then, if the person has the required qualifications, and the, again, the the teacher has the power or the capacity to transmit uh, the wisdom in that way, just by a simple gesture, then that can happen, and that is the vidyadara transmission. That means to say, the symbolic transmission of the vidyadaras. Vidyadaras are realized beings. Sure. 
the teacher would, for instance, um, do a finger snap or would show uh, a mirror or would show a crystal or would just, uh, with a stick, just uh, hit the gong with a sound. And at that moment, then the disciple would realize the nature of his own, or his or her own mind. That would be the transmission of the Vidyadara, symbolic mm. transmission. For instance, with a finger snap, or with the sound coming from a finger snap, or also with the sound on a, of a gong, the sound is not in the stick, and it's, it's neither in the stick nor in the gong itself. But still there is a sound. When the conditions are created that the stick hits the gong, then a sound appears and lasts. So that is a sign of the whole, the nature of the whole of phenomena, which is in, in essence empty, and yet it can manifest through causes and conditions. So the same happens with the sound of a finger snap. So if the teacher hits the gong with a stick and the disciple understands the true meaning of what's being transmitted, that is the transmission in this in this case, the second type of transmission. This is a very less less complicated. So that because the natural reality is very simple and the method is also go very simple. But we need more than that. Its problem is like a very enlightened kind of teacher, also very difficult to see nowadays. And the very capable teacher, you know, student, understanding with a few words, few gestures, also quite difficult because we caught up with the, what do you call, um, mediocre intelligent knowledge. So we need a lot of things to talk about, how to release mediocre knowledge, the clink. We have so much clinging on the, what is called, intelligence, in, 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 mediocre intellectual intelligence. So, so much. So, a few words will never satisfy it. Just simple gong will never satisfy it also. And also, the teacher, enlightened teacher, is very difficult to find. So, for this reason, also, this uh, symbolic transmission of the Vidya virus. Uh, will not happen either. So therefore, the third way of transmission is the way that uh, we will do now, and that is the oral transmission of the ordinary people. In that case, then, it's based mostly on listening to the teachings. The teacher explains a certain subject, then the disciple hears the word, then reflects on the meaning, then he's given some instructions, goes to meditate, 
then comes back and reports the results and then the teacher corrects, he says you should go this or that way or you should do that or, or whatever, sends him back to meditate and back and forth, always through the means of words. That's why the oral transmission. So basically that is the way in which we will uh, do this transmission of the teachings of Dr. Chen. <coughs> There's nothing amazing about that. So, there will be words spoken that you will hear, and you will reflect on them, and then that's the way that we will proceed. But in any case, sometimes uh, the like uh, examples that are being given that have to be seen with the eyes. The ears are not enough. Ears only hear words. And uh, some gesture example, because I represent the monkey, monkey teacher, because I don't have these two quality, so I have to uh, play a lot of things to understand. I don't have this sitting and looking to you, you understand, and it makes me a very easy job, but unfortunately I don't have that. So I have to like act like a monkey, you will know slowly. The more you listen, you will think like more I look like a monkey. <laughs> in order to listen teaching from monkey, it, it, it requires eyes also. All the sense. I need all, all of your sense to listen and to. So, so otherwise it becomes like a teaching, become like a background music. You're going whatever state or whatever thing, never mind, looks quite nice. I understand is also okay, I don't understand also okay. It's part of my vacation, so. What, what matter, not matter. I get also okay, I don't get also okay. But sometimes we need this kind of attitude, just in order to fit the ego. But you still need to listen. If you listen too much uptight is a problem, because the ego is tightening you and all your system is binding. So you have to sort of very relaxed, very normal, because more you can be normal, more you can be relaxed, open, actually is going close to the natural reality. So more you're uptight by dharma or anything, more up, uptight by anything is actually you're backing up from the natural mind or natural reality. So you listen. But too relaxed listening, like a background music of listening, then you're going below zero. Then you start to make sleepy or whatever. So you, at a zero level, you have to listen. Going more below zero one, below zero five, gone. If you listen to teaching up to like a fifty alert, then all this not necessarily. It's just making tense yourself. So no tense, no dull, perfectly sense. Okay, relax. And then if you sit little bit like that, it's very useful. Then you can see me, see the monkey. Actually, sit like that, and you see the see the in from one big 
No, round. That's always moving, and then you have to move also. So, and then they will be like, then you can see easily. So I think I don't need to explain so much how to listen because you're listening very well. In the Western country, we don't have this problem. But you might have problem with the background music because you like to you like to entertain and you like to feel nice, feel good, feel serene, peace, whatever you do. And Dharma means peace. Wow, when I listen, I need to feel peace, feel joy. If nothing happening, then it's difficult. The meaning is very good. You're going to direct to the three poison, but not entertain. Boring. And so I must make myself as peace. And you, 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 really not, you will not really get into the, the core of the problem. Okay. But if I teach the Tibetan, I teach same thing, same material, same Dharma, but they don't listen so well. They are too relaxed. I mean, very difficult to, because they, they, they have a lot of time. So, they don't mind. If I get now, it's okay. If I don't get now, I will get one day. Every time. But here in the West, because they have two problems. Either you like to enjoy every moment, listen, otherwise I'm wasting time. If I don't understand, I don't, no, no problem, because it's okay. Because I'm, anyhow, I'm enjoying. So I'm getting something right now. So it's good. And second thing is you listen too uptight. I planned this too long. If I don't get now, so how how like that? So I must get something when I go to this guy house. I must get something. Otherwise, how can I come from long way, difficult, all these things? So then you listen right appetite, like all the sense you overwork and and become you hold your molecule. That's what I Nerves become tense, and your wind come up. So whole time listening, <laughs> like that. After four or five days, wow, it's worse than working in the office. <laughs> like your shoulder cannot move, you know, whole tense. Not like that also. That is the wrong way of listening. You're becoming, okay, it's like that. Listening also like that. Meditation also like that. And uh, everything you do, your worldly work also same. So. I'll give you an example. Now it's monkey, okay? Playing monkey teaching. For example, okay, this is hand. In order to pick this, how much strength you need? That's it. But what we are doing is... So, do we need this much? We don't need. Because it's all hope and fear. I must get this, I must listen, I must do right, I must... All these things you're making like this, but actually, this is more beautiful. <laughs> so nice. Movement also nice, hand on the pain. <clears throat> but you listen like background music, and also Tibetan style. <laughs> no use. Never happen. <laughs> they will never, never listen, never come to you. But not over. So, zero, like that. So, please put down all the your up. What do you call? Your up. Tension. Just put down. But, 
the problem is you again going when you down means relax means you again going down to the below zero. Usually I call a stupid meditation. About you're always you're almost like in the sauna or having massage. All the sense switch off. Everything is done. But of course you're not dead, you're not asleep. There's some feeling there. And the little some feeling is you thought, Oh, this is meditation based on peace and stupidity because all the alertness, all the sense shut down. Sometimes water can come from your mouth also. <laughs> but more likely not. Nothing happening. No clarity, no mindfulness, nothing. Just switch off. But you can feel some peace there. Downstairs, some feeling of peace is because of the you're not dead, you're not asleep. But it's like life death. Your life, but consciousness more or less dead. So it's okay, but you know, if you listen with that frame of mind, you will not understand. Also, Oh, please then the second aspect is to reflect on the teachings, which is something that you know how to do well, because it's to think about what you have heard and how to relate it with your previous knowledge, how to fit it within the Buddhist teachings, how they are related to you. So this is a process of reflection on what you heard so that you really have a good understanding. So to, uh, that, that has, uh, is also connected to the second defect, which is like a, a bowl which has a hole in the bottom. So no matter how much you pour, then it, uh, nothing is retained. If you don't really reflect on the teachings you receive, then nothing will remain. After some time, everything will be forgotten. Okay, you need how this teaching is fitting, how this teaching is yesterday's talk, now talk, my understanding, how it come together, and what is how it comes to my mind and to deal with the emotions. I think whole Buddhist teaching is to uh, emphasize on how to liberate the liberation of your mind, the clinging ego, so how they works together. So and the third point is uh, to hear or to listen to the teachings with a good motivation. Because if you don't have a good motivation, although the action itself is a positive action because you're getting the teachings of the Buddha, still because of the motivation it turns into something negative. Like, uh, therefore, the good motivation in this case is this altruistic motivation of benefiting other beings and wishing to become enlightened for, that, uh, for the sake of all beings. That is the way in which you would avoid the third type of mistake, which is 
when the bowl is already dirty. So whatever you pour into that bowl also becomes uh, contaminated. So, for example, Buddhist teaching can be, you know, used by many things. I think a whole Buddhist teaching has so many things you can learn. Even the killers can learn from Buddhist. Even the robbers can learn from Buddhist. If you don't have a proper motivation, so actual Buddhist teaching is a teaching of Dharma. It's not really religious completely. It's Dharma, so there's a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom that you can take. But you have to have a whole thing together, it makes a Buddhist. There's one piece, it will not make really Buddhist. So the one piece of Buddhist teaching, if you practice, and you put into your, your work, and then they will be very much helpful for your work in order to be perfect. For example, you are a professional killer. So, but one thing is missing you. Just before the shoot, your mind becomes overexcited, or fear, or, or jump. So, last minute you have all the things very good, but about when you shoot the target, because the mind is not really in peace, and you don't know how to handle it, you miss every, all the time a little bit wrong. So you heard, oh, there's some Buddhist teaching, a teacher are teaching the peace mind and how to be mindful, the more quiet. So I think I should go there and learn. So you come and you learn and you dare retreat for seven, ten days. And then you learn how to be, be more alert and more mindful. And then you also attend another teacher like Buddhist teaching, like Dzogchen teaching. You know how to liberate the thought, emotion. But this man also has problem, you know, about to kill something, he feels something bad. And some thought comes into mind, in, in it's the, what do you call, disturb the main target of shooting. So he attend two or three Buddhist retreats. He then never learn about compassion. He never learn about, uh, what do you call, loving kindness. And he just knows nothing about the Bodhicitta, but what he needs, he just picked from there. And then he remains as a shooter. So next time he goes, wow, then he shoots many, many beings because of Buddhist teaching. Because now he knows, and then he feels bad about sometimes, then he says, why you should feel bad? Because Buddha talk about everything is impermanent. And you talk about karma, that person needs to die is because of karma. And I also need to kill him because I am a karma. So you blame everything to karma. It's supposed to be like that. So before he feels a little bit guilty that, and then he feels contribution on the mind. But then he took Buddha's teaching as a wrong that, oh, Buddha explained about impermanent, that person died because it's impermanent. And he, took, uh, he need to die until me because it's his karma. So what can I do? So he feels very happy. So because of listening to Buddha's teaching, make him to do more shooter. So is the, is the problem is that becoming the, po- the poison. Do you understand? So I think it's very important key. If you do that, I think the Buddha's teaching will never help that person. It will help more increase negative action, negative mind, more negative karma. So that's why anything you do Buddha's teaching, Buddha's teaching practice, this element is always there, bodhicitta element. So without bodhicitta, it's very, very good, very, very bad actually. So that's why I think this is a, 
so that is the right motivation and whenever you are uh, practicing or receiving teachings or anything related with the teachings then the main motivation is that of bodhicitta which is that aspiration or the motivation of attaining enlightenment for the benefit of all beings it is an altruistic type of motivation in which what you want to do is you're practicing or you're listening to the teachings so that you can uh, eliminate or eradicate your own poisons of passion, aggression, ignorance and so forth and also then through the experience of bliss and happiness and peace and so forth in that way and altruism you help other beings and you lead them to that path of peace so that is the right way whatever actions you do in terms of the practice or the teaching should be done within that aspiration of a bodhicitta or the altruistic attitude because otherwise if you are using the teachings just for some kind of worldly aim negative or positive but this is a worldly <coughs> aim then that would not be correct way of using them so sometimes teaching you know lead into like if you don't have all this understanding so maybe it will help you to what is called like burglary Robber. So the robber is, is a chicken hearted. Chicken heart, very small mind. And the robber comes to a Dzogchen retreat learn about how to liberate the fear. So he knows how to liberate the fear. But he didn't change his mind into the loving kindness, compassion. But whole his technique is how to liberate the, his fear. But his main goal is go to rob, bank, whatever. Each time he goes there, he feels panic about fear and then he cannot really control and he controlled by his own emotion and he cannot do his proportion of bang, robbing. So now he came two times, three times, Sochin, Divachana, Mahamudra, retreat. Wow, now I know. It's my own mind. It's my own phenomena. I'm afraid about myself. Actually, I don't need to be afraid. I know. It's my delusion. Let it go. Breathe in. Breathe out. Nearby bang. Breathe in, breathe out, okay, let it go. And he even listened, put this teaching in the tape. So one here, breathe in, breathe out, breathe from your back. Come down, let go to in the knee drop. Or whatever. So it, it all helping for do more like a negative thing. So there's a problem, the poison. If you don't carry the Dharma as Dharma, one of the great teachers of Gambhava, he says, if you don't do Dharma as Dharma, the Dharma will lead you into the samsara. If you don't practice Dharma correctly, then Dharma itself will, um, will throw you into any of the three lower realms of existence. If you take refuge in the Buddha all the time and ask him to look on you and so forth, but then you're using the teachings to uh, 
harm other beings, then of course that is not something that Buddha would like. This is a very important point. If you really want the Dharma to benefit you, then you have to keep this in mind. The motivation always has to be very pure. I will come back to this point later. Because um, one of the, my Dojin uh, teacher, Nyoju Kenobuchi, he always emphasized so much on the motivation. That I think is very key point of the teaching. Not only the technique, of course, technique is also very important. But the technique, whether go this way and that way, is the is, is the motivation that the bodhicitta will lead you where it goes. So when I was in Bhutan and he gave a teaching, and after ten minutes, then he asked me to do correct motivation. Maybe he seen me, and then then we stopped the teaching. And we one or two minutes change, manually change, not automatically. Manually, you think yourself, okay, check your mind, what I'm thinking, why I come here to for retreat, what the retreat is helping to me, what purpose I have. So any kind of motivation you brought here, I don't mind. Any reason you come here, your your secret goal in your mind. I'm 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 sure there's no you know professional killer here, but. You know, but any motivation you come here is fine, no problem. But you have to change time to time because sometimes dharma also, you know, become very much selfish. Like, oh, I like a peace, I like a peace, and actually, Buddhism has so much things to offer about peace to yourself. So sometimes we become peace addicted, peace addicted, addict, yeah, and we forget about compassion. And all our compassion is practiced on cushion. Buddhist compassion is very famous on cushion. The butt on the cushion, then you do Tonglen practice. Giving, taking, I think it's a little bit bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. Because it's just, you know, you just sit so comfortable and you're giving all your things to other, And you're bringing all the negativity to samsara to you. At the same time, you know you will not get it. With that mind, you're taking out in. It's just a game. But all time is different. But now, new version of Tonglen is not so good. So we have to think also. So really, Tonglen is like that. Three o'clock in the morning, someone call you. Nearby your neighbor. Maybe you don't know, maybe you don't know. Oh, he calls phone and says, Okay, I need your help for three hours because I broke my leg right now. And I, I need to go to the town, take one hour. And to fix my broken, take one hour. I already called off, uh, what do you call, hospital. And to drive back, need one hour. Could you help me? And you are a Buddhism practitioner for 10 years. You're supposed to have a very good compassion. This person expects that also. So call you and you, you say, and then you thought, in your mind, If you're honest, you will say, you know, there's, there's a tomorrow, there's a meeting. Actually, you have a meeting, maybe. You're not honest, you might lie that I have tomorrow a very important meeting. And think in your mind, oh, ma'am, or oh, oh, mister, sorry about, I really love to help you. I really do inside, I really do, but, you know, I really do, but I'm sorry. Ah. And you pretend you almost, n- word never come from your mouth. Or, oh, I'm really, you know, I'm 
so sorry, but you know, please, this is a very bad time. You know, in once a year, I have this appointment. Maybe you're lying now. You start to lie. <laughs> I have this strong um, appointment. If I don't do that, it's very bad. Please. So you know, anything else in the future, let me know. <laughs> I will help you. You know, so also lying. But this is the time that you need help, but only three hours. But but you not willing to suffer this because you like your bed so much, warm. It's in three o'clock in the morning. You might have body, you might have meeting tomorrow. You might not have meeting tomorrow, but more likely not. So somehow, oh thank you, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. Almost like you cry. <laughs> Maybe cry. You know how to pretend crying very well. So slowly, phone. When you put down phone, also very gentle. Not like that. And then you sleep, sleep. Sleep, okay, not okay, sort of. But more or less not okay. Okay, and you sleep very well. So, six, seven o'clock in the morning, you woke up. Then you have a nice shrine up there in your house. Very beautiful, maybe some Buddha picture or something there. Nice cushion, very like a, a nice cushion. Then you go there, and then, then you start to meditate. And you took refuge, and then you sit down, nice incense, then where four or five remote control on the one remote control opening the window <laughs> one remote control for the sun coming shade outside you know, come down nice window and one nice you know coffee machine just you can grab the hair. and so you sit there with a warm and you look at the Buddha's picture you choose the most peace beautiful object in front of you Buddha, some Buddha is a little bit like that you don't like. You like the perfect like, smile with a nice muscle, uh, compassion. You choose, wow, that is a good tanga. And you, you, you choose good or bad tanga based on the how figured nice to you or not. You choose actually yourself. So you put there and you, then you, then Bodhicitta comes. Bodhicitta. Then you turn it to Tonglen. Wow, this is a very important practice. So you, Start to breathe in, breathe out. Somehow you feel a little bit, if you, you feel a little bit guilty about last night. A little bit, not so much. In order to get rid of that guilty, actually you're doing the morning practice. So you think, okay, I, last night I did a little bit wrong actually, but it's okay. I can do tonglen. I can give tonglen to the person. Then you sit down and then you you imagine the person last night called to you in there, and you give. All the uh, virtue you chant, or maybe mantra, or meditate for one hour, or maybe 45 minutes. That at the end you do tonglen. So all your virtue now giving to the person, and then you say, "I wish this person should be okay. I wish that this person got somebody else, not me. I wish that uh, last night the person okay went to hospital, come back okay, you know. And you're giving, sending, and you're giving, but all nothing." You want to make yourself happy. Then you did after 45 minutes, one hour, then you feel so great yourself. You feel more charged, recharged by the tonglen, giving and taking. Then you, even that little bit of guilty in the morning also gone. So, is, is this a really tonglen or no? No. Really tonglen is you should go last night. The really giving and taking is that, okay, Whatever, maybe even though you are meeting, it's three hours, you are not, not so bad actually. 
So you go and come back to school, and you can take two hours and forget about the morning one hour practice. Just go Tonglen. Do Tonglen, and it's really compassion is willing to take suffering for benefit of other. That way is the best Tonglen. But you know, we like uh, peaceful, so all our Dharma also guiding on the peace. So, Please don't be uh, angry about me because I don't know how to teach teaching as a polishing you, polished teaching. So it might hurt you a little bit here and there when you talk about the, what do you call, the forms of our, our, ourselves. So I'm not really talking, teaching like, oh, you breathe, your heart is like a flower, <laughs> open now, breathe in, flower is zooming, breathe out, out, breathe from your back, open the back tight. Breathe from your toe. How can you breathe from your toe? <laughs> just nothing. Just make you like, ah, good. But when you go home, oh, it was nice retreat, but nothing learned. Nothing changed. Nothing improved. It's just like a dream in the tent. was a movie. Some movie you learn something. But in the tent, nicely and gone. So imagine, do you think you can breathe from your toe? Open. Think about flower, the rainbow of a dharma. So all this, I think, is kind of a polishing. I, I, I think I call this polished dharma, because you have problem downstairs there, but the nice service, and you put nice cover. Rotten is inside too. Smelly is inside of you, but outside looks spiritual, nice. In the China, you will never change, I think. And in Dhamma, I think, Dhamma, Thangla Pogbas, Laviyore, Gajibhavi. The Upadesha, which have the direct instructions, they really hit the mark, hit, hit your hidden place. So there's a few things I might dig up, the hidden, rotten, so please don't feel, smell it. So, Relax in it. Tani tati tahu ke tani to sum kum sum deta suci gudir ni ani nyam sila marcebalatni retreat sendi yang yores. In order then to do these three steps of uh, learning, reflecting, and meditating together, is uh, that that is the reason why we're doing this retreat. Somebody got an associate, gomiadre, to some gom singers, a gomi umri, and a kanga, turban of Samba Tamji, gom gichedo, gom to top of gichedo, to some teriores. And what the third aspect, which is meditation, that is, well, what we're going to do here in this retreat because we are going to practice meditation. The other two of uh, hearing the teachings and reflecting, the main purpose of these two is for the meditation itself and the realization that has to be. The retreat then is this means through which we are bringing together these three aspects. And uh, when we use the word retreat, 
That is a translation of the Tibetan term tam, which means boundary. There is a outer boundary, inner boundary, and secret boundary that we establish. The outer boundary has to do with the environment, the, our surroundings. So in this case, it is a Gaia house, and uh, which, uh, like uh, from my foundation, Pumbarika Foundation, then uh, before we had talks and how this place should be, so they came, they also saw that it was ideal for a retreat because it's uh, not surrounded by a lot of noise or many people living. It's quite uh, it's surrounded by nature and uh, very peaceful. So it's all the conditions for the outer retreat are um, are, are correct here in Gaia House. It's uh, what you call the main important thing is we have to have a very quiet and also less destruction environment and basic need not so much lecture, not going, not going down to the basic net, then you always call, call, then, then you will not listen to the Dharma. So continue to continue in Tibet, then this outer retreat would be met when uh, the ideal place would be defined as the place where is a like a cave in the rocks, which would be far away from any inhabited place, like a town or whatever. Then uh, below there would be forests. Up above from that um, cave there would be snow, like the snowy peaks. And then you would live in the cave. So a person would take first the teachings, then would reflect before going into the cave, and then would go and practice. And in this case we're not doing that, because of course it's very difficult to find such a place. But also here we're doing the three steps together. We're explaining the teachings, listening, reflecting, and also meditating. So once you have received the teachings and reflected upon them, you can also go to a place which meets these conditions. That's up to you. That, that is up to you, the last one. But here, I think it's a very good condition. The inner retreat or inner boundary is to observe discipline through our body, speech, and mind. So, in the Buddhist teachings, when Buddha taught the basic shila or moral discipline to be the refraining from the ten uh, wrongdoings or unvirtuous actions. Uh, 
Nemo Maji Baina, the Kogi Wada was a child or a tender, tender Luna Yusumbut never says your race. When Buddha says to refrain from the ten, wrong, ten wrongdoings, what uh, he means is that we have to keep our body, speech, and mind in a virtuous way. A virtuous way is a way in which uh, our body, speech, and mind are not influenced by the conflicting emotions. So as long as there are no conflicting emotions, then our physical, mental, and verbal. เอ่อบีเฮเวอร์อิสอิสเวอร์ทูสเตนเดนลูจิโกเนเอ่อปังโกยาจิเร็กซุมโซจวามาจิมาเลมบาเมตังบอร์จวาเดอะอืมเดอ
But in any case, these uh, four verbal actions that we should refrain from are automatically observed if we keep silence. And that's why most of our retreats are maintaining silence, which is something that would, I would also expect from you. Please maintain silence. Mm, silence has two meanings, or I, I understood two things, maybe. Before I didn't understand, but at some point I, I thought maybe silence means you keep your voice very low <coughs> when you're talking. <laughs> or completely not, not talk. So this year I went to check in America. They says I think silence means not talk at all also. It's true. Because uh, this is the English language country, so you might know better than me. So silence means lower low the voice or not talk. Hmm? Or both meaning? No. Okay. So then I'm correct. So silence means no talk. So please. Because sometimes I see some more wondering, hello, hey, where are you going? Oh, this, this food is not so good, very smelly, you know. Do you not know? Do you not? Do you like to eat pizza? I'm, I'm going down. I'm, can you buy like I can buy something. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, uh, I hear like that, maybe, I thought, oh, maybe silence like that. <laughs> so, then he, that, the machine I'm meeting in cup, the yoy or the functional talks like the one. Mm-hmm. Then he didn't cup, he said, machine, I'm here. Ketchup, machine, pen, machine, message, and misunderstanding, pen, machine, and ketchup, 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 but there are certain occasions in which you should talk, like for instance, if you see that the situation or a situation has become very difficult or very confusing and there's a lot of misunderstandings, then at that point one should say a few words in order to clarify it. And, uh, or otherwise, if you have some problem and then by keeping silent that problem might grow too much, then also, and then you might become also uh, like mentally altered or whatever, so also that would be permitted, you should say, or to talk with somebody is okay. But otherwise, the main point of keeping silence is to avoid this useless talk that we have all the time, just without any meaning. You talk, time just passed, very fast, very quick. You don't talk, this six, seven days, it's like a 12 days. If you talk all the time, it's just two days only. You feel like that. You will, it, will, it, will, it will give you not so much time to practice, to contemplate also. Teaching, no choice. You have to come here. You have to listen. More or less, you know. I mean, you have a choice. Although you don't come, it's also okay. But there's no force. But, uh, you know, you're here. But then you're not talking. I'm talking, the teaching. So when you're teaching, you can talk to me. If you are very free, happy, if you don't understand, you can raise and I can explain you. Then there's answer and question time. You can do very free, open, you can listen. But when I'm not here, and then when you go out, then you can be quiet. Silence is better. I need to do your temper. I'm going to go to the house.
then uh, when you resume your everyday activity out of the meditation hall, then also your conduct should be done with mindfulness, also with alertness, and carefully, not just uh, going around and um, with some kind of behavior which is uh, rash, but just carefully relaxed, but also with attention and uh, with mindfulness. And finally, as the three mental actions, which are covetousness, then uh, harmful thoughts or malice, and the last one is wrong views. The first uh, two are easy to understand. There's nothing to explain. But then, what is wrong views? Uh, if you have uh, doubts about what you're listening because you're trying to check up with the meaning, if you are questioning the teachings because you really want to understand them properly, what you hear, you, you start to think about it, is it like that or... It doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Mm. When we are reflecting on the teachings, then you're, we are really investigating and examining the teachings. That is not to have a wrong view, just to have a doubt about the meaning of, a, of what you heard. That is not considered a wrong view. It's an important point. Even Buddha said that when you're listening to my teaching, you should test it as a, someone, a jeweler who is testing gold. That jeweler will burn it and will uh, rub it and will bang it with a hammer, whatever. And once he is convinced that it's gold, then he will buy it. So in the same way, you should take my teaching and question it until you're convinced. <laughs> So, just to have, uh, to question the, the teachings and to have doubts is not considered wrong views. Because if uh, you were prevented, you were prevented um, to have doubts or to examine the teachings, then there would be no way in which you would be able to develop knowledge, which is a very important point in the teachings. So I check this also with my teachers. And just to have doubts about the teachings and to try to understand them by checking on them is not considered wrong views in any way at all. Wrong views, Wrong views is when 
you don't examine at all, or maybe you examine a little bit, but then you immediately decide that this that does not exist, that the emptiness is not really what it is, the actual truth of things, that there is no past lives, no future lives, there is no rebirth, that uh, then you make up your mind and you see whatever I perceive with my senses, whatever with my five senses and also with my mind sense, that I believe, but whatever is invisible to my senses that I don't believe. So if you decide that uh, that is the way and whatever does not come to your senses is not true, then that is, uh, when you are convinced about that, that is a wrong view. That is a very narrow view. Wrong view, narrow view. They will never listen to the teaching of Dharma. You will not understand. Because your decision taking upon your five senses and the mental, how, how much you can think. If doesn't th- you think, if your thinking is based on five senses information, then you decide, yeah, this is, this, this is a right, this is a wrong, or this like this, this not like that. So it's become very narrow. So you cannot go beyond conceptual mind. So you are uh, tapped by in the what do you call conceptual pattern, Conce- conceptual world circle. Because your anything you thought is has an object. So the object is is five sense information. Even whatever your memory, you base on something, and that something is related with your five sense object. So then you believe. And nothing go beyond that is wrong. That type of analysis which is done only through our conceptual mind is very limited and it's not at all enough. The way to check the teachings is not only by questioning them at a conceptual level, but also you practice meditation, then you have experience, then you start to see within your experience the truth of the teachings, and then again you get more teachings, you, just, you, you, you examine them conceptually, then you put them into practice, and then slowly and gradually you, you, you are examining the teachings and you reach conviction on them. I think there's open mind that is going as it is. I think it's, uh, it's uh, what what we need is an open mind. I think that's all. So, open mind means this. I think there's some room for doubt also, <coughs> but you're not really immediately deciding. But you will decide based on your really on experience. But the experience is not based on your five sense information only. Can you what is? Otherwise, then, the teachings of the Buddha would be something that were given, and then you should just accept them uh, on face value, just as they were given, but that is not at all the way that Buddha taught. Buddha said that you should examine the teachings, and that has a lot to do with faith as well, because faith, in Buddhist terms, has to arise through a proper examination, and when you are convinced, because of your own experience, 
and because you have checked the teachings. And then, based on that conviction, then you have confidence or faith. Okay. So, so faith really and, and wrong views have a lot to do with faith and the, the, the room for questioning the teachings have a lot to do within the Buddhist teachings. Mm. Buddhist faith also more or less need to develop, develop also on questioning, maybe a little bit doubt, but doubt which is not really confirmed doubt. Understand? You can have a doubt, but doubt is not really like a, you confirm that there is nothing. It's just kind of a little bit like a open mind there. Maybe I don't understand, maybe not, maybe like that, maybe not like that, but I don't really, I will not close completely that chapter, which I don't understand. So leave some open room. Maybe not, maybe yes. So that then you can go more. Then ตาอันนี้ตัดได้เลยตัดนี้ดูเอ่อตาอีจีโกเนเจลัมซังตาตะวะปังทุเรตะตินซุกังกะเอ่อลัมซังรังปังทุเรตินะกะละกะโรนะ
in our minds just by deciding or by committing ourselves not to indulge in them that would be very easy that would be the best but it's not so we cannot say i will not have a thought of anger and just by that just preventing any Keeping thought of anger i will not going to get angry i will not go to get but when condition comes your anger maybe what then i can or also like i will not uh, be ignorant and then i will be immediately you are intelligent and smart it can doesn't happen like that but then still that mind that is has that attitude of not indulging of preventing or of not indulging or not uh, being carried away by the emotions that happen that is the basis but we need something more than that in order to deal with all these emotions and negativities in our minds and that is the meaning of the third style of retreat which is the secret retreat which are the the true application of the teachings of the buddha tendata ani sanjeet chu dambeki chu sanjeet namneche gore dharma sanjeet chu sanjeet tendata teta chu de karche gore chana ani nyomong thamjeta nyomong da nyomobagi thorbeki thapshi gore tendu nyomobagi mayowa noba majewa ge sanjeet thapsum sanjeet nyomong pang sanjeet nyomong rahi nyomong kayo jur sanjeet nyomong rahi seva sanjeet thapsum gore chana nyomong dandel chana tendata ta kabz baba The teachings of the Buddha then are meant to liberate these emotions, to be free from the conflicting and negative emotions in our minds. And in order to do that, there are three styles of liberation that Buddha taught. These are uh, by rejecting them, by transforming them, or by knowing their nature. So in this retreat although we will explain the three mainly we will uh, see how to be free or liberate the emotions by knowing their nature. That is the teachings of Zokpa Chempo the main uh, point of Zokchen or Zokpa Chempo. Tejana pang sengde ani ga pata wa jere sayere yong ma ju wa jere. Nyemong de la nyemong yong ma ju ni tik nyembu tik ga de wa wa jere. ยมโยมาจนกาชวาตะวะจะเตละกุทัมจิจักยานะเตนิเอนาลามิโซยงมาระเตนาชิวังปุทัมจิตะวังปุทัมจิกิเตละทะวะจังกะกะปากานยิย
The second style, which is by transforming them, is uh, applying an, an antidote. So, by applying an antidote on the emotion, you are transforming it, you are transmuting it, which is different from the first case, in which you were blocking it. You had nothing to do with the emotion. In this case, you have the emotion, but you apply an antidote, and on the basis of that antidote, you change or you transform the, the, you transform the emotion. Uh, I think more I think is we have uh, this called alchemy. It's one I think you know one kind of a substance, chemical, and you put and then it changes into gold. The old days example. I don't know how it's relevant. But <coughs> that uh, if you have one kilo of uh, iron and you put alchemy and then the one kilo will change to one kilo of gold. Example, don't take so serious about that, but it's an example of, uh, suppose don't take so serious, not completely, you know, as an example. Yeah, we, we understand through, through symbols or through, yeah. In this way, for each emotion, there is one antidote, and since there are 84,000 emotions, then the whole teachings of the Buddha are considered to have 84,000 antidotes to counteract the emotions. That's why I think Buddhist teaching is quite vast, very vast, because it's vast because our emotion is very vast, our negative cancer. And negativities. Negativities, uh, whatever. Because human being, I think, has one, one which maybe is our human beauty or whatever. Because we have more things, more complex, more complicated, more mediocre intelligence. So that's why we have a uh, more things to. Because the human mind and the human character has a, a lot of thoughts and emotions and all kinds of things, therefore the Dharma that is taught to humans is also very vast. So all the method, the Therefore, most of the, 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 the teachings of the Buddha would be included in this second style of liberating the emotions, which is by transforming them. Um, this, um, so if you want to transform the emotions, through the application of antidotes, then the teachings of the Buddha have one antidote for each of the emotions. I think sometimes I think, you know, because uh, Buddhism and the pure Buddhism and a good psychological, psychologist? Psychology, psychology. Psychology, you know, come together, I think is very helpful. Because psychology has, how, as a, modern way of discovering the problem 
less method. Psychology will dig the problem very well. And the sub problem is so so. So if you bring, if you study Buddhist, not one piece, you will not solve the problem. If you study Buddhist quite well, there's so much material that you can solve the problem also. So, Buddhism, you know, you discovered Mongo Chiyore, you know, you know, you know, you know, で、まあ、なんていうの、ただ会社が増えやぶじゃんまとな、え、感じ。え、そんじぎ、にもじでしょ、どんしだんて、たんがずぎ、すじだにとたとまとな、てに、ちょっとだ、ま、ま、よんわ
In uh, the third retreat, the secret retreat, we call it retreat or boundary, but actually there is no boundary that we set because the third retreat is the realization of the essence of all things, the nature of all things, which is emptiness. And since emptiness pervades the whole of phenomena, then by realizing emptiness, then also we know the whole of phenomena and there is no inner or outer or there is no boundary or sense of boundary that we should protect uh, from. Uh, we are putting a boundary in order to protect something, but in this case there is no boundary because by knowing the essence or the nature of everything which is emptiness, then there is nothing uh, beyond or nothing within. Everything is included within Dzogchen, which is the realization of emptiness. <coughs> So I will stop now. If uh, some of you have not uh, have no instructions on meditation, then for this following uh, sittings before we continue tomorrow with the teachings, then you please sit in a very relaxed and carefree way. And uh, those who have already techniques, then you practice those techniques. In any case, from tomorrow onwards, I will go in detail into the different techniques of meditation, so you will also have techniques. All my talk today was basically more like an introduction or the, some words about what the retreat is about. <coughs> and I think many of you might know uh, there's one particularly meditation called uh, stupid meditation based on relaxation. And you can practice that. Those who are new, completely new, there's nothing wrong at the beginning. But time to time you have to upgrade that. But that is very good. Sometimes we call it deep meditation. Means uh, you bring down all the... Because clarity, the knowing mind, because we keep so busy in the knowing, whenever the busy mind, the knowing mind is active, it brings a lot of tension. So, especially you can close your eyes and bring down just, I don't know, maybe some, some place in Europe you don't have this problem. But England might have some problem like that. Because England is very close to, to, to American uh, attitude. I see England is like a, between Europe and America. Half is European and half is like America fast, moving and on the street, everything like you know, going. So maybe if you do very busy life, then there's a, one energy go up. There's a five element in our body, five wind. 
channels win. So one stress, the whole stress are actually coming based on one win. So up, upright win going. So there's your whole life, whole life up, hot, 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 hot. Then, then that goes in by your neck, your eyes, and you really sort of cannot rest, and you feel like you have to rush. Although there's no meaning, and you feel your you feel your feel yourself guilty to rest and to move, to do, touch, talk, whatever, then feel kind of uh, satisfied. So if you you have this problem, then bring down, relax all the shoulder, eyes closed, just bring down. <coughs> and some European we don't have this this problem because you're already quite relaxed. Because America has this problem because of the not social security. So basic there's very strong fear in the mind. If I don't do good, I will end up in stood. So some of European countries we don't have this problem. In Tibet we don't have this problem. So we have another problem. We just lead we are lazy. Tibet some area, you know, we're a little bit lazy, not really I need to know dull and lazy. So if you have dull and lazy, not upright like a burning problem, then there's a relaxed mind the mind trying to operate with the five sense without clinking while you're meditating. Just mm, not one side only. The six I will explain that there's eight different types of consciousness. But that six and seven are mind consciousness. So this mind consciousness with the five sense consciousness just mingles through. Mind will relax. The six and seven consciousness and the five sense almost like one unit. Sort of alert. And whatever information comes, don't cling and let it go. Don't go into deep. Down. Then you will be end up very stupid if you are already relaxed. So you are tense, speedy, then this is very good. The deep meditation is very good. So you are, you are by nature, you are a little bit deep, relaxed, and a little bit enhanced, like eyes open, all the sense open. Then just be now, here, open, relaxed. It's very useful. Because our human condition is conditioning by circumstance also. So each place is slightly different. We have a different problem and different quality also. Tibet, Nepal, India, Europe, and America, so on. So when Dharma comes, we have our basic place has a different way of constitute ourselves. So we must know this and then it will change. Dharma will change. The basic wisdom of a, a mind, what you call Buddha nature, or, that will never change. But how you use need to be changed a little bit. <laughs> it is said in the teachings that the teachings have to go along with the disciples' constitution and also capacity. So uh, that is the way that then the practice of these teachings will bring fruit. Mm-hmm.
Are there any questions? Maybe a couple of questions, otherwise we stop now. Uh, just ask whatever you feel. Don't don't be don't the, feel shy of asking anything you want. Oh, it's not right to ask. Or oh, maybe this Tibetan custom. I'm not really sure. It's quite funny staying on the box high up. <laughs> it's really the culture is really kind of alien to me. Alien. Kind of not really sure. Maybe shall I? Maybe if I ask the wrong question, maybe they get angry. Oh no, don't worry about it. Just anything you like to know about Dharma, you can ask. Yeah. I'm not sure what you mean by conflicting emotion. Oh, the word in 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 Sanskrit is klesha, and it's like uh, it's mental afflictions like uh, passion, aggression, ignorance, desire, um, envy, pride. There are eighty-four thousand. Kangar Rama Yena Semma Devaswa Nobachya. Nekap Tardudu Lain Yumangzuyaki Namdo Tang Action Kangal Sayuris. Conflicting emotions are the types of emotions that induce or um, they uh, yeah, induce actions and the actions give the results coming from the actions which have been motivated by conflicting emotions is suffering for oneself and for others in the following days this will become more clear what is the meaning of this when you meditate you please meditate with a relaxed and uh, uh, a good state of mind. You feel good about meditating. More or less like ease and a little bit happy mind. And don't worry about unnecessarily worry. So they, then it will open up. Because if you have a like, kind of a... Uh, you know, you, we, we have an undercurrent Undercurrent thought, undercurrent self is not really happy. Even you pretend, everyone not really. So you have to go through the rail, deep down, and trying to be open up. So the reduced reality, so we think reduced reality culture is padasal timyawa and something to kuyang whichever is. In the style of a retreat in the Dzogchen tradition, then you have to, out, outwardly, you follow the rules and you behave or you conduct yourself with a, in a, the proper way, but your mind should always be open, relaxed and carefree. If you follow the rules, physically and verbally, but your mind is uptight, then that goes against the style of the Dzogchen teachings. Inside open, outside moral discipline. Not opposite.
outside, very carefully relaxed inside. Uptight. Small, you know, screw drawer, screw up to almost the wood is breaking. Maybe sometimes few crack already. So you have to have one, another screw that's loose. The teaching is to losing that. Because your life is like, you know, going this way. So now you have to reverse that a bit that way. To know inside, because you know too much outside. Okay, that's it. Good night. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.